That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? No one establishes precedent quite like the Republican Party. Allow me to take you on a guided tour of a nearly inexhaustible list of all of their recent historic firsts. They just can't stop making history. So here we go. The first president in 28 years to not serve a second term. First president in 45 years not to release any of his tax returns. First president in 89 years to lose the presidency, the House, and the Senate in a single term. First president in 129 years to lose the popular vote twice. First president in 152 years to boycott his successor's inauguration. First president ever to fail to hit a 50% approval rating at any point during their presidency. First president ever to be elected with the help of a foreign nation. First president ever to be impeached twice. First president ever to have a member of their own party vote for a conviction in an impeachment trial. First president ever to have an arrest warrant issued against him by a foreign nation. First president ever to refuse to concede defeat. First president to be banned from social media. First president to refuse to ensure the peaceful transfer of power. First president to have their home searched for official national security documents. First former president found liable of sexual abuse, defamation, and business fraud. First former president criminally indicted, also the second, third, and fourth. First former president with a mugshot. First House Speaker elected on the 15th vote, the most since before the Civil War. First Speaker, see the 15 vote guy, removed by a U.S. House of Representative vote. So many firsts in so little time. So much winning. They must be sick of it. My guest today is Ron Filipowski, returning guest. Editor-in-chief at MidasTouch.com, co-host of the Uncovered podcast, attorney, Marine, former federal and state prosecutor, Republican Party insane, asylum escapee. The stars align again for Ron's appearance on my podcast because this has been anything but a slow news week. He's the perfect guest for this week's episode because he's so good at unpacking so much of the absolute insanity unfolding in the Republican Party. We talk McCarthy, we talk about John Kelly, we talk about Trump's fraud trial and his gag order, and so much more. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast, Ron Filipowski. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's been a little couple of months, right? Yeah, you were my first ever guest. And it and it's funny because once again, we're in the situation where we don't have anything to talk about. And it's such a bummer because <laughs> yeah, right. when you were on the first episode ever, uh, a little, I think, like Trump indictment or something might have dropped and it was a really slow news day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we have one of those again. Um, you know, it's just a couple of things happened yesterday and like this week, but like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to start with McCarthy because congratulations Kevin McCarthy you made history you are the first speaker to ever be removed by a vote from the speakership and 
um, in the process, um, like embarrassed yourself, your party, the country, like who would have thought this could have happened after 15 votes to get him in that seat? Yeah. Um, you know, he really blew it by just burning his bridge with Democrats who I've been I'm reading a lot of the behind the scenes chatter from Democrats and, and it looked like there was at least a, a, cadre of moderate centrist Democrats who maybe were going to support him um, it, under the theory that like whoever his replacement is will be worse, right? Mm -hmm. So so there was a possibility that they would do that. But where he really burned his bridge was after the continuing resolution was passed. He went on that Sunday show and he he blamed Democrats for the, for the deal, which is that was the deal the Democrats wanted, except for it omitted Ukraine funding. But other than that, that's what Democrats wanted all along. So, and I know that Hakeem Jeffries, when he heard that some Democrats were wavering and considering supporting McCarthy, he played that. Um, he played that interview uh, where McCarthy was blaming Democrats for the CR deal. And that was the final straw. Like that's why Democrats were absolutely unified. So, once Democrats were unified, I mean, Republicans were missing a couple people. Anna Paulina Luna was on um, maternity leave. And then um, so there's something something that happened medically, I think, with, with another person. Then, you know, Gates didn't need that many Republicans to side with him. And yeah. really, the straw that broke the camel's back was the Nancy Mace vote. Once Mace made that, then it was over. You know, that surprised everybody. Yeah, and I have a lot of thoughts on Nancy Mace, but uh, but I have to say that when I watched that clip, I think Aaron posted that clip or so I saw it of McCarthy out there blaming the Democrats, and I, I responded like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, the the reason you have the reason the government is open is because right. they they came to the table and were the grownups in the room, and you're going to go out there on the Sunday shows or the Saturday shows, which it was a Sunday show, yeah, and blame them. I was like, this is stupid. I didn't know, because I really believed, like you said, I thought for sure that the Democrats would like, there'd be a coalition of them again, thinking he could be, it could be worse. And we know now that it could definitely be worse. And he, he, look, he ended up, they passed a budget when Donald Trump wanted them to, you know, default on the debt. And then they passed the CR when Donald Trump wanted a shutdown. So he wasn't he wasn't bending 1000 percent to, you know, the rabid most extreme into the, the, the real rabid Trumpers. So they they knew that there could be worse. But when he I didn't really know, actually, that it was that interview where they were like, oh, yeah, no, fuck this. We're not doing that. Like and he since I think because they didn't. Obviously, he's been attacking them even more. And then we see that just all this pettiness and uh, like this stuff where they're, you know, rekeying offices like Nancy Pelosi's at at a funeral for Dianne Feinstein right now. And like they're making her move offices and stuff. But to blame the Democrats, to have blamed them for the fact that there was even close to a shutdown when they passed the CR is insane, but to blame them now for not supporting him. And like the list of things that he's done to them, including the censure of Adam Schiff, removing Schiff and Swalwell from the intelligence committees, removing yep. Elon Omar from foreign affairs, uh, the impeachment bullshit impeachment. inquiry. Weaponization committee. Marge in charge of like committees. I mean, like the weaponization, all the, the porn pics of Hunter Palooza. I mean, did he really think that the Democrats after that and then after being dragged on the Sunday shows would be like, oh, yeah, we'll come to your rescue? No. But but then now what happens? Because we're not going to 
We're going to coalesce that behind one person. The Republicans can't coalesce around what day of the week it is. Well, you know, Jim Jordan has already announced this morning that he's running. He put out an actual letter that said that. I mean, all this stuff about drafting Trump is utterly ridiculous and not that'll never happen. So forget that. Scalise appears to be running. But, you know, I think they're very divided over those, too. I think there's a lot of people that don't like their I know there's a lot of people that don't like Scalise among the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that there's some probably some reasonable Main Street style Republicans who don't want Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan isn't competent. He's a fuck up. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jim Jordan couldn't run. I, I said text yesterday he couldn't run a Cub Scout troop like Ooh. he's disorganized. He's dumb. Yeah. And I think that. Deep down, a lot of Republicans know that if they put him up as speaker, it will be a disaster because speaker involves a lot of work and a lot of organization and a lot of strategy. I mean, Kevin was much better at it than Jordan, but Kevin was was not good. And Jordan, I think that a lot of Republicans have to know that if they put Jordan up, the House will be an absolute unmitigated disaster and they will lose 25 30 seats because of it yeah not to mention that jim would easily happily acquiesce to those same rabid voices that kevin was trying to somehow placate and and yet not placate at the same time when like push came to shove and it was about keeping the government open or something you know to that effect but jim would definitely not push back against you know a matt gates like this is his buddy they're beavis and butthead like he's gonna be like oh sure you know you want to you know, put signs on the bathrooms that say like there are only two genders. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, the- well, G- Gates calls him his mentor. Oh, <laughs> you know? that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I tweeted about that yesterday too. It's like when, when a guy, <laughs> when Jim Jordan is your mentor, it's like a yeah. perfectly natural arc that you're going to end up being investigated for like child sex trafficking. It's like kind of yeah. like, it's like you know, like a gateway drug to that. It's like that's yeah. your mentor. I mean, but the thing is, like. the senate and the president we have so jim jordan can't pass anything that's going to actually become law that's crazy okay Mm -hmm. the only thing he can do cause internal chaos chaos inside the house um and and that will that will just hurt his own party it'll hurt donald trump you know it'll hurt whoever their presidential candidate is it'll hurt their senate candidates uh so i I mean, I in a way, I kind of almost want them to choose Jordan because, but it'll be bad for the country, but it'll be good for the Democratic Party. So if I, if I was a party first guy, I would say choose Jim Jordan. You yeah, know? it's but, like, but it's bad for the country. It's like taking a little bit of medicine, right? Like yeah. it's you know short term pain. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to say swallow in relation to Jim Jordan in any way, shape, or form. But like <laughs> swallow the bitter pill that is him for now, because the country will benefit ultimately in the end. Because it's literally about saving our democracy in 2024, and maybe we just have to suffer with some chaos. But the chaos could mean that the government shuts down, because yes. they have to come together enough to make sure that that doesn't happen. And with no one at the helm, it's not clearly happening, but with Jim Jordan at the helm, how the hell does that happen at all? So then what? If we have no house, we have no funded government, are we in a perpetual shutdown until 2024? What happens? And think about it. It it would be a shutdown over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Even worse, because all those people aren't getting paid now. Right. Going into the holidays. Right. 
And yeah. let's not delude ourselves into thinking that these are people who like can can just live on their savings for months at a time, weeks at a time. I know I can't live on savings for three weeks, like maybe two tops. But these are people who are expected to not live like paycheck to paycheck, and they're supposed to survive over the holidays without a paycheck. This is America first, right? Brought to you by Jim Jordan and the House Republicans. Yeah, that's why I say it'll be good for Democrats politically, even though it will hurt a lot of people, you know. But it, it wouldn't be Democrats' fault. They 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 clearly would take the blame. And, and, you know, that was the other funny part when during the continuing resolution stuff when they were trying to blame Democrats. And it's like, you guys are in charge. You are the majority. You run the House. Like, this isn't going to – this might fool your – that it doesn't even fool their people. Right. Like they're even their people knew you guys need to get this done. You know? Yeah. Only problem there is that with a shutdown in particular, like the, the people where I live, right. They don't get into the weeds on all this stuff. They don't know who's, course. who's who they barely know who, who speaker is. Yep. They have a shutdown. And let's say that my, my friend's husband who works at the local military base, you know, goes without pay for however long she my friend feels that they they voted for Trump, by the way, but they feel that. And so their inclination is not to know that to blame, you know, Jim friggin Jordan. They're like, well, what's Biden doing and why isn't he doing anything? And why am I suffering? Because prices are high and that's Biden's fault, which it's not. And gas is high, which they blame Biden for it, even though it's not. And now my husband's not getting paid and I'm not getting paid and they'll blame Biden. So like there's one that I mean, for MAGA voters, it's never going to change anyway. But there are those people in the middle who are like, you can't, for whatever reason, the messaging doesn't reach them. And they just blame the guy at the top. Yeah. And honestly, like, that was my main reason why I I, I didn't want Biden to run. It, it wasn't because of his age and all of that. The main reason why I didn't want Biden to run is because I knew, and I'm talking about I didn't want him to run again back in 2021, because I knew that he had such a mess to clean up. And you had the global inflation, you had the pandemic, you had gas prices all over the world, you had the Ukraine war. And I knew whoever's president, the American people are gonna blame him for all of that, whether it's his fault or not. And mm -hmm. so I figured, you know, he would take all the blame, all the arrows and all the fire. And then, you know, another candidate would be able to come in and run clean without all of that. So that's the way I thought it was going to play out. I, so I didn't expect him to run again. And again, it's not because I think Biden's done a bad job, because I don't think that. Mm -hmm. It's because I thought that people like the people you just said were going to blame him for all the messes that he had to clean up. And I think that's reflected in his approval ratings. He's taking blame for things that really aren't his fault. Oh, that's 1000% true. And the messaging on the economy isn't reaching. Uh, it's not, I know for a fact, it's not, the messaging doesn't matter because my friends go to the grocery store, like, and they don't see it on the shelves. For instance, a pizza here in Jersey is now at minimum 15, 16, 17 bucks, a dozen wings, $20. A couple of years ago, like that would have been unheard of, but this is what, you know, we're dealing with in reality. And so for my friends who, again, aren't in the weeds on these things, they're looking at Biden and blaming him and not blaming because they don't know that the CEOs are making, you know, 400 times what their employees are making or that the billionaires in this country have grown in wealth since the Trump tax cut by like 
I, I don't even know, $5 trillion or something since his tax cut, 77% richer, the 700 and whatever number of billionaires we have in this country since the tax cut. They don't know any of that stuff. They know that a pizza should not cost $17. And so they blame the guy at the top. And that's a problem. And to get the messaging through that like, oh, but jobs are up and this is up and this is, they don't, they don't care because it doesn't affect their pocketbooks. And that's a problem. So we have to talk about that, address that. But you and I've always kind of differed on Biden in this way, because I do think that um, that even though he's taking all that flack, which is expected, that a primary on our side would have done incredible damage. And we would have peeled off so much, put us in all these different factions, would have peeled off so much support. Uh, I don't know that it would have been enough, whoever we did coalesce around, if we ever got to one person to beat whoever it is, if it's Trump or whoever. But this is that Biden is the the nominee so like that's the reality but i i think that well, and i also said that yeah. i also said it's up to him if he makes a decision that he's the right person then that's it and yeah. we get behind him yeah so. yeah and i love that that coalition that exists behind him which is which is it also consists of former republicans you know like michael Steele and lincoln project etc these are these are people who understand that this is that this is really a choice between a democracy and the alternative which the alternative is is not good it's a very scary authoritarian hellscape which we could conceivably have donald trump at the helm of it would be a worse version of donald trump than we would have had had he won 20 yeah and and that we did have when he won 16 this would be a far worse version yeah right there's nobody left there's nobody left to to check any of his worst impulses, first of all. But secondly, like he knows now that there's nothing he really can't do. There's nothing he can't try or get away with. Nothing. Yep. I mean, who, who would he put in these positions? Stephen Miller, Steve Bannon, Rudy Giuliani? Like who's, who's the attorney general under a second Trump administration at this point? Well, it'd be probably Mike Davis who just tweeted yesterday that you know we need to lock all these black people up <laughs> you oh. know it'd be somebody like that you know it wouldn't mm. be rudy you know it's not gonna be rudy in it but you know you could have a, as a um secretary of defense michael flynn Jeez. certainly stephen miller could be in charge of uh homeland, homeland security, security. Mm -hmm. or ice mm. uh, yeah i mean it's gonna be there's gonna be nobody there who will say no to him that's for sure CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to talk about his trial in New York and his gag order because that's also yeah. crossing news. But real quick, I wanted to yeah. take a pit stop here on um, Kelly. 
and you calling Kelly out repeatedly for so there were the people who said no to Trump, which was, you know, John Kelly said sometimes said no to Trump, but they also knew who he was, knew the things he was saying in real time, the things that are shocking, that would have changed the tra trajectory of a lot of people's minds in this country, I fully believe. And he didn't say anything at the time. And now he's on record saying that Trump not only said the suckers and losers comment, He's, he did talk about not wanting any amputees that were veterans to appear near him because he didn't like the way that it looked. And that quote where he said he didn't understand why at Arlington National Cemetery, why any of them did what they did, what was in it for them. He went on the record and said it, but he won't say it like out loud on video, live, et cetera. And you keep calling him out for that. And I think you're 100% right. I'll tell you why. The reason is because I monitor the right. And so I know how the right is reacting to, to different things. And so that impacts my thinking. Um, now, when this first story first broke, it was in the Atlantic and it was in 2020, the middle of the campaign, and it hit like a bombshell, right? But, you know, when you read it, of course, there's one big problem with the story and that is unnamed it was sources. all unnamed sources, right? But when you look at the different, when you connect the dots, as some people did and say, okay, well, who is at that meeting? Who is in Normandy? Who is here? When you connected the, the different conversations where these, the different events, Arlington, where these comments were made, there was only one person who was at all of them, and that was John Kelly. So anybody could have quite easily figured out the source for this is John Kelly, and I did at the time. And what I said was, because what, what did Trump say and what did all of his supporters say? Fake news. This is fake news. It's all lies. The media lies. This is all made up. Mm -hmm. So I, at that time, was calling for Kelly to come forward and say something, at least corroborate the story. But what we heard from him was, from some of the generals who knew him, who are also trying to get him to come forward, was... He's a military guy and he doesn't want to get involved in politics and he doesn't want to put his thumb on the scale in the election. And as a retired general, he doesn't feel that's appropriate. So time goes by, every, that gets forgotten. And now all of a sudden he comes forward this week and okay, I'll now confirm it was me who said all this. So not only did he hang this Atlantic reporter out to dry for three years, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's the editor of the Atlantic who wrote the story, uh, Gold, Goldberg, I think it is. And uh, so, so now he's confirmed it. But still, I I'm reading the 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 Republican reaction to this news story, and what are they all saying? Fake news, it's a lie, it's a lie. You know, let's see him on camera. You know, he he did he's not saying it publicly. Think about how much more impactful it would be instead of him just issuing a statement to Jake Tapper mm -hmm. for him to go on Jake Tapper on camera because now you can clip. We could clip that. Biden could use it in commercials, it could run in ads, and nobody can deny that he said it, okay? But now they're able to deny it. And so I think, you know, Kelly took an oath to the Constitution. He's saying Donald Trump is a threat to the survival of the republic, the most dangerous threat we've had since the Civil War, and yet this guy will not go on camera and say what he said? Uh, it's just, to me, it's it's all, it's borderline treasonous, really. It's it's certainly not, um, you know, profile and courage. That's for sure. And and look, nobody, nobody really wants 
America to need to have the political opinions of our military leaders. Like that's not what we're supposed to be. That's not who we're supposed to be. That's not <laughs> what, what what our founders envisioned. And, and that's not the roles that we're supposed to play in checking Donald Trump's worst impulses. And it's not necessarily what, you know, we don't want them out there sharing, you know, the truth about Donald Trump in a perfect world, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world where Mark Milley was just essentially threatened with execution because he wanted China to know that we were like not going to start World War III and which was a pretty responsible thing to do when you have a petulant toddler you know with a finger on the on the, the button um so he and then Trump went out there and said he should be executed for treason for that and now that's course of course being echoed at the rallies because now MAGA like the, the squishy funnel lobes just don't understand like rational thought so they're like yeah he needs to die but I, I John Kelly, the time for like the old kind of conservative traditional role of a of a general, former general, serving general, et cetera, that ship has sailed. We are yeah. not in that era. As you said, you know, like this is this is a grave crisis that an existential crisis that this country is facing, where the, the even the prospect of Donald Trump returning to that office means the end of American democracy as we know it. And Kelly knows that. And so, like you said, he has no oath to the constitution. And I believe that it is incumbent upon him, as I thought the same about Mattis and others, um, to come forward and say, to tell the truth. Um, it, it is, he should be compelled. It's incumbent upon him to share the truth about this because it's not, this isn't hyperbole and he knows it. He, not only did he not say that it was him before when the story came out in 2020, not only did he, you know, cop out there, um, but he's just willing to to now say that it's worse than we even thought. And he didn't yep. speak up. He didn't say anything. It's much worse than we thought. And he yep. didn't say anything. Yeah. And, you know, the only reason he came forward now is because his friend Millie got attacked. Yeah. So he's really he really wasn't doing this for the country. Right. He's coming forward to defend Mark Millie, his pal. So uh, here's what I think. I think that if if we get close to the election next summer and Trump is not in jail and Trump is still neck and neck or even leading in the polls. I have to believe that Kelly will come forward and do an interview. At least I would hope so, because if he understands that our country, he might be waiting to see if, if Trump is really seriously viable before yeah. he takes that drastic step. But I, I think ultimately he will. I have to believe it because I don't, I just don't believe that you can do whatever it is, 40 years in the, in the military and, and it got to the highest level and be, and not be this patriot unpatriotic. Yeah, you're right. I believe, I hope you're right. I mean, I hope that happens. And I, well, there's a lot of things. I hope that Trump is in jail, but I mean, I imagine like a, a panel or a group of like generals and former, you know, military officials who were serving under Trump telling the truth. Um, I think that that would do a, a lot of good i don't know that it, again it's not moving the really hardcore hardliners they're not moving because it's they are no. that's orwellian shit they're like lost could, yeah, yeah it's they're not gonna believe their own lying eyes and ears if you tell them that it's not true they're gonna believe what you tell them but which reminds which brings me it's a good segue to um to trump's trial in new york because there's so many layers there too he's already been found liable this isn't a trial to determine whether or not he's guilty of the fraud that he was accused of being guilty of he's already been found liable so this the trial that we're seeing now is really just about the penalties right that he may be well, facing 
I don't think that's completely true. I think it's mostly true. Okay. He's, I think he's been found liable for most of what he's charged with, but not all. Okay. So I, I, I think they are arguing still some of the, the factual stuff. Okay. Um, and then all of the damages. Yes. Right. And so he's out there saying he's been, he, first of all, he didn't have to be there. Right. I think he's there. No, he doesn't have to be there. Right. He's always there for the circus and we know why, because that's what he loves. Any attention is good attention for Donald Trump and, and for MAGA. That's fine. He could also get ahead of the narrative about being found liable already for at least a portion of it, which he's been found ill liable of some pretty egregious fraud and Uday and Kuse too. Um, But this idea now that he's saying that he's being unfairly denied the right to a jury, that's not accurate, right? Well, we're we're currently digging into that story today because no one else has, because um, there you know this the the football keeps getting moved by Lucy. It's Charlie Brown yeah. keeps trying to kick it on on this point. Right. Uh, you know, is first the story was okay. The judge kicked off the trial by saying. Because because this is this is imp- this is an important part of this the trial. Um, the judge kicked off the trial by saying, I don't understand why we're not having a jury trial. You guys could have had one if you wanted one. And that set off the sort of media firestorm over whether Haba forgot to check the box. What we know is that the attorney general asked for a non-jury trial. The question is either either party under normal circumstances has a right to a jury trial. So if one party asks for it, it's typically that's what you get. Okay, so that was the first story. So Abba was saying, no, you know, we didn't have a right to jury trial. And everybody said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Then yesterday, they came out with a, a new story. And, the, and this is the story we're checking into now, which is the new claim that Habba and Trump are making is that um, under this specific consumer fraud statute, you don't get a jury trial. Now, we don't now there are statutes like that where you don't get a jury trial, specific statutes, but we tend to doubt that they're telling the truth about this mm-hmm. because they never came out with this version before yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it's kind of like we're doubting it. But when we checked all the media reports and all the reporters covering this, this trial, no one's done a story on that argument. And the reason why that becomes important is because of what Trump said this morning when he got to court, which is, he's what did he say? He said, I would win this trial if I had a jury. So now, he, see, this is how he does the narrative. He's saying, I was denied a trial because the prosecutor chose to prosecute me under a specific statute where you don't get a jury. So I was denied a jury. Therefore, I'm being convicted by this biased judge. And if I had a jury, I would win. So that is his messaging right now. Mm-hmm. The best way to undercut that messaging is if we could prove that he's lying, that no, you do get a jury trial under this statute. But look, I'm not a consumer fraud attorney in New York, so I don't know. But we are. We have been at Midas Touch, we have been working with digging on this point to try and find out if what they're saying is true. Yeah. Okay. That's an important distinction. I think it's also another way to sort of dismantle his sole argument is to point to the fact that in the Eugene Carroll case that went to a, tr- a jury. There were Trumpers on the jury, one who gets all of his news from Tim Pool's podcast. And they they went, <laughs> they took scary. like, right? Right. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit. But, but, but despite that fact, they basically took a lunch to deliberate and then came back and said, yeah, he's liable. So it, it doesn't really bolster Trump's case that a jury would be like, 
well, we see all these facts, but I get my news from Tim Pool, so I am gonna find I'm gonna find him not liable. But that's what he's gonna do. Whatever yeah. he's denied, that's the reason why he lost. Yeah. It's sort of like with the election. I lost because yes. mail-in voting. What whatever was allowed, that's right. why I lost. Right. You know? And the only thing this changes, essentially, is maybe the court of public opinion, but that doesn't impact really. Because at this point, who are you? Who is Donald Trump really convincing further that that, that he's been denied, you know, his due process at this point? Like, it's just, he just needs to make the case, I think, mostly, honestly, for his own ego, because of all the cases that he faces. This is the one I think this like wizard behind the curtain kind of shit that he like cannot abide. Like, I'm a fraud. The, the, every I really believe that every lie about Trump sits on this one lie that he's not this genius real estate guru. It's all the lies, not self-made in any way that, that they were cheating and conning and not paying people, not just him, but his sons. Like, I think that just his, just, just the narcissistic need he has to like correct the record and make sure this looks totally fake and biased. That's driving a lot of this because it's not going to change anything legally for him. It's not going to change the penalties that he's going to be assessed. not going to change any appeal, right? No, well, because it's the mythology that was created by The Apprentice, that yeah. he is this wildly successful, you know, billionaire from New York. And this whole trial undercuts that entire image. And that entire image is why MAGA loves him is because they believe that that's what he is. He's this wildly successful playboy billionaire who's smarter than everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So, yes, this under this goes to the heart of that narrative. So that's one reason. But the second reason is this could crush him financially. I mean, yes, he can appeal this stuff, but under New York law, that loss of his business licenses and all of that, that happens while you're appealing. So the appeals could take years, but he can't conduct business during those years. So it's not like all of that gets stayed like Steve Bannon's jail term. Right. You know, it right. doesn't get put on hold. Not only that, he might have to write a massive check to New York, and I'm not sure he's able to write that check. And he can't get a bank to loan him money for that. That's cash that he has to come up with. So if he gets hit with a $250 million judgment, I don't know that he has that money. 
And he's already hemorrhaging money for all his other lawyers and his plane and et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like he's running around with, you know, flush with cash. And I don't think how much more can you tap from Mon Pa Maga? Like, I mean, well, that's also why he wants the primary to be over because all of this money that's flowing into Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, he's looking at that going, I want that money. I need that money. Yeah. And he knows if he gets the RNC or whoever to shut down this primary, which is what he's been begging for lately. And Marge so him, too. him wanting the primary to be over is all about money. Mm. All about money. <laughs> is that what you just said? His donors are tapped out and he's spent all that money. He doesn't have any money right now to campaign with. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot of the donors are sending their money to Yunkin. Um preparing well, for that's right. a new thing yeah yeah that's interesting too that has nothing to do, even to do with the primaries but and that's not going to trump and i don't see them getting on board spending money on trump anytime soon because they don't want trump like the the you know most of the donors want someone uh, reasonable um and that is not certainly him and because he has a track record of losing and plus the you know 91 criminal charges and likely uh, convictions <laughs> not 91 likely convictions but there will be convictions don't help them get a republican in the oval office so um yeah and, that'll be interesting you know one think about being a trump donor too you're not just getting all the solicitations from trump you're getting the Kerry Lake, you're getting Matt Gates, you know, you're getting yeah. all the media people, the podcasters, you know, you're getting uh Jenna Ellis's legal defense fund, you know, John Eastman's legal defense fund. These people are get bombarded every day by like hundreds of people. You know, as bad as it might be for Democrats, we get a few things, they get a hundred times more. <laughs> so so it's like how many how many little pieces can you cut this pie into? Yeah. And it's like, it's not make America great again. It's like, make America, give me your bank account again, <laughs> like to fund, to fund my criminality. Like I'll take all your money, please. Um, that insulin that I won't help you pay for. Yeah. I'll take that money too. Um, okay. Well, uh, real quick, the gag order. It's like the a gag order. We should talk about that. Cause yeah. that was, that was kind of an interesting day yesterday for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we broke that story. Actually, we're the first ones to put it out because we have somebody that's in the courthouse that's basically texting us what's going on. Mm. Okay. So we have somebody in there. So yesterday we get a text. One of us gets a text at, I think about a no, it was about noon. And it was like, look, something weird just happened. We were like, what, what is, well, of course we already knew that Trump had sent posted the, uh, the message about the judge's clerk supposedly being Schumer's girlfriend uh -huh. and, you know, posted her, phone number, her link to her Instagram page. So we knew that and we put that out. We also, so then then the person texts us and said, something weird just happened. Trump left the courtroom, every, everybody left the courtroom, but then they called Trump back into the courtroom with his lawyers and shut the doors. So mm -hmm. something's going down. Mm -hmm. So we put two and two together. We're like, it's gotta be that that friggin' post that he made on True Social about the judge's secretary, judge's clerk. So. So we went to that her Instagram page to see if she had posted anything and it was shut down. So mm -hmm. we're like, okay, it is, okay, because obviously she's getting hammered in the middle of court by Trumpers. Uh -huh. So we knew, okay, that's what that has to be what's going down. Um, and then they came out of the courtroom and then Trump deletes the post. 
So that's when we we go, okay, we don't know exactly what happened. We can put two and two together. Yeah. Here. We're, we're going with the story. So this is probably like where we can take a little more chances than the Washington Post yeah. who would wait for like three people to confirm. Mm -hmm. And we just were like, no, there it had to have been that. So we didn't say it definitely was. We just said, this is what we think. And as it turns out, we were right and and we were first. So so cool. that that's definitely what happened. Um, and you can see Trump has not, not said boo about the judge or court personnel since then so that's the so that's the partial part of the gag order because he he has gone after of course leticia james since that he did this morning and he's gone after the process since and he's been uh i guess a little bit constrained in that regard compared to what he would probably normally be saying which we've seen with judge chutkin and others but he's not doing that in this case but think about it the argument with judge Chutkan is in less than two weeks about the gag order for DC, which is much broader. Yeah. And this just hands Jack Smith of the perfect coup de grace to end that argument, right. which is judge, look what he just did in his trial two weeks ago. He went after the judge's clerk. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't do this, what is he going to do to your clerk? Yeah. Uh, and his penalty in New York is a financial one if he violates the, the gag order, or is it some kind of like uh, no, 30, 30 days is the most you can get. And he so he could he get, could get that? 30 days. And I can tell you the way that trial is going today, because I've been getting regular updates. It is just mean, nasty. The judge is pissed. The judge at one point said, I have a very thick skin, but it has now been pierced. That wow. was a direct quote from the judge about an hour ago. Holy so, shit. so yeah, I mean, he is furious at the way Trump's lawyers are behaving, mm -hmm. what they're doing. They're asking the same questions over and over again. And he thinks that they're just like intentionally trying to be obstructionist and delay everything and drag everything out. And lawyers um, have penalties for that. Enough. Lawyers have huh? penalties. There are penalties for lawyers who do that, right? Yeah, well, he keeps warning them and warning them and they keep ignoring him. I mean, he tells them, don't ask that question again. And they go right ahead and they do it. And they say, so I think this is a situation a where this judge is very mild mannered and laid back, which I think is not like Judge Chutkan. Yeah. <laughs> and he's taking a lot of shit from mm -hmm. the Trump bullies. And I think at some point he's either going to have to you know, stand up to them and say, look, I'm the judge. I'm not taking the shit anymore from you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's probably at that point right about now as we're speaking. Yeah. I think we need to get him a taser. I think that would be a, 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 a solution. I I've been a trial lawyer for 28 years. I've done 300 jury trials. All of us do this, do the same thing. When we get a new judge or a judge we're not we're we're gonna keep pushing and we're gonna keep pushing and That's see right. how much we can get away with. I've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna test that judge. And if the judge is gonna just let me run roughshod over the courtroom, I'm gonna do it, mm -hmm. you know, until he stops me. It's like having a substitute. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like an eighth grader with a substitute for history. It's like they're yep. gonna torture Same them until they push back. Yeah, which I hope my son's history sub never gets a taser because that would be bad for him. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right. Well, I've taken a lot of your time on, and we've clarified a lot of cool stuff. So we're going to segue really fast to um, my totally random question round. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I, I round, uh, I finish my episodes with um, one of these every time, but yours is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's, it's, not totally they are totally random questions but it's three rounds of would you rather have you ever played that game i don't like, think so okay so it's just you're given two options okay and they're designed i, I have to, to choose of, one of the two yes yes okay. and by design they're both kind of unpalatable and oh, probably would great. not be, not always but yeah my mind you're is not going to ask like green or bobert are you <laughs> not but not quite but it is still me so it's going to be along those lines in some way shape or form all right. Um, oh God, Bobert. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, that. Yeah. By the way, somebody had the greatest line on Twitter when that movie thing with Bobert went down. Yeah. He said, "Um, I wouldn't vote for Bobert, but I'd go to a movie with her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a great was line. Good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is just so crazy. And then she was like on the news talking about. It seems like a fun date, you know. Sure. I mean. <laughs> If you don't, yeah, if you, if you want to polish some girl's boob like a bowling ball, I like, ugh, okay. But, um, <laughs> so crazy, but we're going to ban books. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, they're both designed to be unpalatable, at least in my mind, and they are not necessarily appropriate, but that's also how my mind works. Um, okay. okay. One, would you rather, this is an easy one. This is very benign. Would you rather be stuck in an elevator with Marjorie Taylor Greene or Janine Pirro? Definitely Janine Pirro. Yeah. Cause I think she's kind of funny and kooky and fun. And I think Marge and I would probably end up in a fist fight and I'd probably, <laughs> and I'd probably lose. <laughs> you know? Like jumping on your like jugular. <laughs> I, I would probably try and fight fair and I don't think she would. Oh, you, know? No. you know, she's going right for the balls. <laughs> <laughs> And she's yeah. she's bigger, she's stronger than me, probably. Too. Probably, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and Janine, I think a lot of Janine is a, is an act. I don't. I'm not saying she's not horrible. She's horrible, but she's probably going to be drunk, so that'll help, like alleviate the least stress. Yeah. yeah, and she, I think a lot of it is carefully crafted character because when probably they, you know has nice perfume and yeah, is going to be all you know, Marge. You don't know what you're going to get. No, yeah. no, and at least Janine might have some booze in her purse, and that will definitely ease the tensions as well. For sure, <laughs> have that yeah. little uh, airplane bottle or five. Okay, number two, 
Uh, okay, this one's not. Look, this one's nice. Would you rather pitch a perfect game in Major League Baseball or write a best-selling novel? Um, I think I think you know the perfect game in baseball would be like something you could really brag about a lot. But the best-selling novel is something you're going to make money off of for the rest of your life with the royalties. So yeah, I'm going to say the novel. Yeah, I'm going to say the novel because you know intellectual property is great because you collect on it forever. Yeah, <laughs> so, more than somebody ever, steals more than your work. Legacy. Yeah, so. but. But you have a baseball background, so like that's a personal one for you. That it would be pretty awesome if you could have both. That would be ideal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whenever you've done something like that that you can hang your hat on and point to, that's always cool. But so yeah, bragging rights with the boys definitely the perfect game. But if my head is thinking practically, I'll go with the bestseller. Right? <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, now this one is a complete departure from that one. So it's like a, a literally 180 <laughs> because it's me. Would you rather be a fly on the wall at a Madison Cawthorn Republican Coke orgy or during one of Melania Trump's- I'm, like already, I'm already taking the second one. <laughs> but you don't think that that <laughs> would be- I would, I, I would be at least curious to see what other Republicans are in there. But do, I don't I, need to hear it. <laughs> that's true. And then right. you're definitely taking it. Or during first of um, all, is it all men? Is it all men at the Cawthorn orgy? I don't think so. Are they, were okay, they all, all right, all right. Okay, I don't know. Was that what he described? I don't remember. Like, did he describe it as all men? Was did he describe it as gay? I can't well, remember. Well, I'm just assuming it could might not might be all men. Yeah, based on his knowing Madison. Yeah, yeah but, that's true. Okay, or an or a fly on the wall during one of Melania Trump's like required daily conversations with Donald Trump. Oh, I'll definitely take that. I would. I would like to be there for that. <laughs> yeah. I would love, I'd like to hear anything that they converse about. Cause, cause you know, we all have speculate on whether that's like a real relationship or not, or whether she really hates him. And yeah, my suspicion think... is she probably hates him. You yeah. know, that's what I, I'm guessing, but, uh, but she definitely plays nice in public, you know? And sometimes she can't hide her true feelings. They're like sometimes those yeah. cases that have gone viral. But I have a feeling their conversations are purely transactional. Like I need the boy to do the, the boy that does the luggage to do, you know, like her texts with Nauda. You know, it's like it's like I, I this is what I need you to facilitate or this is what you need to do or or I, you pay me in Venmo this time. I don't know. Like <laughs> something like that. They're, they probably there's no like warm and fuzzies going on there. You know, what I would really like is to see an interaction between Trump and Barron. Yeah. because none of us have ever really seen that. And as much as I behind the scenes shit that I get from Bedminster and Miralago, there's like nothing with Baron, you know? And I'll say this one thing I'll say about Melania is she's done a really good job with keeping him out of all of this mess, you know, yeah. and all of this bullshit. Um, and he seems like a very nice kid. He, he might be the only nice Trump yeah. besides Mary. Um, but I mean, of that particular family. So, um, but I, I'm curious if if they ever do anything together, Trump and Barron, you know what I mean? Like play golf. I have never seen them do anything together, even like sit down and, and have a lunch. And you, you know? monitor this stuff closely, very closely. I, I see him almost every day, what he's up to. I have never seen him with Barron. Yeah, it's interesting because he referred to him once, remember as Melania's uh, teenage son. Or or he talks about his height because he's six seven, yeah, and he doesn't like. So that. he talks about how tall he is. Like that's his only only thing he ever talks about with Baron is how tall he is. It's so sad. You know? it's but just... I have heard two things about Baron, and it's a curious subject for me. But um, I have heard that he's either like 
on the spectrum autistic you know there's something wrong with him and then i've also heard he's like super super smart and super nice Huh. And both are equally plausible because you know we haven't heard anything from him and and i have no interest in like putting him out there into the public even yeah. if i had the chance to do it i wouldn't yeah. um unless you know he he chose to do that yeah you know? he's not choosing to do that and then and right. I think that's the so he's off limits yeah, as far as i'm concerned i agree with you 1000 percent. and i've also heard the speculation about you know him i used to work with autistic kids so you know i heard that speculation too and i i in, in the past i used to kind of like try and see if i could observe any sort of habits or tendencies and I, I didn't see anything but he was really not that often out to even see so it is interesting that she's shielded him so much and I, I guess if I have to give her credit for every anything on the planet I could give her credit for that um <laughs> but yeah so okay well um tell us real quick about you've got some cool stuff you've had a big career change since the last time you were on this podcast so what's going on with you what's new well yeah um the boys at mice I mean they saw the tweet I put out maybe a year ago which I I in the in the 2020 midterms, I ha I practice law full time and have my own law practice. So the most frustrating thing for me was time. Like I really felt like I do as good a job or anybody at opposition research on Republicans, right? I don't really I'm not really aware of anybody out there who's doing more or better on that particular thing. And so the frustrating thing for me was I sort of had to compartmentalize my time and I focused on 16 candidates. That's all I was able to do. And even that I wasn't able to do fully. So I focused on Carrie Lake, Herschel Walker, Doug Mastriano, J.D. Vance. You know, I could go around and and uh, Kelly Tishabaka, who ran in Alaska. So 12 of the 16 lost. I'm not saying that I'm the reason, but I'm saying that I helped in each one of those races. I think a good bit. Mm -hmm. So the frustrating thing for me was going, going to 2024. I thought, I feel like I'm really, really good at this. If I just had more time and I just had a team of people helping me, um, you know, then I could do a lot more damage in 2024. And so, you know, I talked to a lot of different packs and different groups and people like that. And I think they couldn't really figure out how, what I wanted to do fit into what they want to do because what they want to do is they want to run TV ads and radio ads and make commissions off those ads. And that's not what I'm, what I'm doing. So the Midas boys finally, they only reached out to me and they said, you know, we saw, we remember your tweet that you put out a year ago. And, and, and Ben said, you know, it's all, I've, it's always been in my mind what you said. And at the same time, we want to build this news website. And we were thinking, you know, what you want to do and what we want to do, we could marry the two things together and we could use ads because I also didn't want to solicit any money from anybody. We could use ads to pay for your team. Mm -hmm. So put together your team and we'll pay for it. And we just ask that you write stories for us and do our, but we'll also let you do your opposition work on Republicans at the same time. So, so what that's done is it has freed me up and I'm almost wrapped up with my law practice. I got about a month to go and I'll be done and uh, I'll be able to transition over to do that full time. And I, I'm just so excited that I have eight people working with me to take on Republicans in 2024. I think we can, we're going to do a lot of damage. I love it. I love it. I love it. And again, it's like this idea that 
oh, we have to like all hands on deck right now. And this is like a flashing alarm. It's not a time to be passive. It's not a time to wait. It's not a time to sit by and let things just fucking unfold because they're unfolding in a very bad way. And so, you know, you you being, you know, out there fighting and and you are effective, you, you are definitely making a difference and having more access and having more ability to do that even more is like so ex exciting to me too, because I know you're going to make even more of a difference and, and looking at 2024, we really do need all hands on deck. So I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on this opportunity. It's awesome. It's perfect and well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Great yeah. opportunity. And I love the guys I'm working with too. So it's great. They're great. And they are also, um, you know, fighting the good fight and they understand what's on the line and they've understood what's on the line since they first, since I first became aware of them and they understand what's on the line coming down the uh, not too distant future. Um, so I'm excited to watch all of that unfold. And I know we're going to get to see it all unfold live in real time on social media. And um, I'm excited. So thank you again for that. And thank you for coming on for a very slow news day again. I'm sorry. It's so boring <laughs> right now. We could talk about puppies or something next time. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so that does it for this episode of the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Thank you so much again, Ron Filipowski, for your time. And thanks, everybody, for listening or watching or wherever you, you do listening or watching this. And, uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Are You Effing Kidding Me is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com.